Hey guys, and welcome to Money Talks News, the podcast. This episode, we're talking about protecting your kid's identity and building their credit. You might be surprised to learn that one in 50 kids these days is affected by child identity fraud, costing consumers nearly a billion dollars a year. So how do you make sure your kid isn't the one whose identity is being stolen? I'm glad you asked that question because that's a question we're going to answer today. I'm Stacy Johnson, as usual. My co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hello, Stacy. Let's. It, it's too late for my son, but hopefully it'll be okay for you guys. Yes, I hope so, too. It's definitely too late for my son because I don't have one. Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Hey, I just want to let everybody know the show is safe. It's completely encrypted. No wonder I can't understand anything that's going on. And today we have a special guest. It is Eric Begwin, founder and CEO of Austin Capital Bank, Free Kick, and Credit Strong. Eric, you must be a busy guy. I am a busy guy, and I've got a couple of small kids to throw on top of that. How old are they? Uh, four and seven. Well, I think that you've got the youngest kids on this podcast. I have zero. Aaron's got, what, a 26-year-old? Yep, yep. And and, and uh, Miranda's got an 18-year-old? Oh, he's 20. 20, okay. I've known <laughs> you for a long time. Okay, full disclosure, guys. We do have an advertising relationship with Austin Capital Bank. I actually didn't know that. But it will not <laughs> affect our opinions. You know why that is? Because we're journalists. That's why. But before we start this show, do remember this is not financial advice. So make sure to do your own research and consult your own experts before acting on anything that you may hear us say, Okay. Let's dive in. I've got so many questions for you, Eric, but the first one I want to ask you is, how did you happen to become this maestro of uh, Austin Capital Bank, Free Kick, and Credit Strong? Give us a little bit about your background. Back in the day, uh, I, I was a CPA, and then I got into brand management, and then I, I got into technology. And I, I, I'm an entrepreneur, not a banker. And I saw that uh, there was a lot of opportunity to help underserved communities, and uh, you really needed a bank to do it. So uh, when I was at the tender age of 34, I started a bank with no experience in banking, and uh, it's turned out to be all right. Cool. And by the way, I'm also a CPA, and that's why you look so familiar. <laughs> <laughs> we all know each other. And that's why neither one of us are CPAs now, because we're not boring people. And now That's CPAs, exactly right. Yeah, and here comes, the, here comes the Twitter storm. Not all CPAs are boring, okay? It was just a joke. <laughs> okay, now- Let's go ahead and get get into our topic today. Why do identity thieves target children? They don't have any money. What's going on? I don't understand this whole thing, Eric. Well, sure. So uh, there's there's really two types of identity uh, fraud, and we're going to be talking about one of them today. There, there's identity theft, and an identity thief, uh, if they wanted to target one of us, would probably do identity theft. And that's where you just steal a person's identity and then use that identity to go get money or benefits or whatever it is. But the second one is really the more hideous crime, and that's synthetic identity theft. And that's where you steal part of someone's credentials, and then you go create a person that doesn't exist, and then use that synthetic identity to go defraud uh, various things, whether it's uh, credit, benefits, or employment. So, so why do uh, synthetic identity thieves target kids? Well, synthetic identity fraud criminals love four types of people. They love the elderly, they like incarcerated, homeless, and unfortunately, they like minors the most. And so why is that? Well, these people are all not using their credit uh, and they're not monitoring their credit. So they aren't aware if somebody steals their credentials and creates a new person, but they really like minors the best, right? 
And the reason is, is because a miner has a clean credit profile uh, and they have a random social security number. And none of us have random social security numbers. But anybody under the age of 12 in the United States does have a random social security number. I don't understand. Would you explain that? I don't mean to interrupt you. What's random social security number? I don't even know what this is. So yeah, so uh, back in 2011, the Social Security Administration was running out of social security numbers. They, they used to issue social security numbers by geography and chron chronologically. So they would issue, I could look at your social security number and determine like, okay, you were born in New York or you're born in you know Nebraska and, and generally in this date range. And in 2011, the uh, Social Security Administration started running out of numbers in New York but well, let's say they had lots of numbers in Nebraska. So in June of 2011, they decided to start randomly issuing social security numbers. Now, this was okay for the system, but nobody really thought about, well, geez, what's going to happen with all these kids who get random social security numbers? Because now a bank or a lender can't look at a social security number and be like, yeah, this is a 50-year-old person or whatever. Like they have no idea how old the person is associated with the number. And so identity thieves can take your kid's social security number and create an identity that is any age old, right? And so any kid under 12 has a random social security number. Interesting. Now, I don't want to date myself, Eric, but my social security number is four. <laughs> <laughs> so now, uh, help, help, this didn't sound like it could be that big of a problem, is it? It is a massive problem. And, and one of the biggest parts of this problem is no one really knows how big it is uh, because- these kids have not turned 18 yet and tried to use their credit profile. So uh, there's some studies out there that say about a million kids are the victim of identity fraud every single year, right? So that it, it's about one in 50 kids and a child is 50 times more likely to be the victim of identity theft, uh, identity fraud than an adult, uh, precisely because they just make such great targets because of these three attributes. Now, here's what I don't get, though. I understand this. You, 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 what you're doing is you've you got a newborn, and somebody steals its Social Security number, and then they, they apply for credit. But here's where, I'm, here's where I get lost. They don't have any, you, as you said, they don't have a credit profile, right? That's well, exactly then, right, Then why would, why would somebody lend money to somebody with no credit profile? I mean, they don't have well, a credit score, right? I'm going to create somebody who does have credit. So, so let's say that, that you know, Stacy, you have a newborn. Uh, so I'm going to go, uh, let's say, I hack a hospital database, and, and I get the social security number uh, for, for that child. So newborn child. I take that social security number, and then I go create an identity for that social security number. Because the way the credit bureau works is the first person to use a social security number creates the credit header file at the credit bureau. So your kid is not going to use their social security number for another 18 years, and I'm going to go take their social security number. I'm going to get a fake address. I'll go get a fake phone number. I will create an identity for this person and I will go apply for credit. And the first time I apply for credit, I'm going to get denied. But what's going to happen is the credit bureau is going to create a credit profile for that person. This new person with your kid's social security number and all of this other data that I want on it. And then I'm going to go and start building that credit profile. So I'll go off, and, and the way I be, really became familiar with this is that, you know, we have Credit Strong, we do credit building, and one of the things we really screen for is synthetic identities, because somebody will go to a credit building service with this synthetic identity, and they'll try to build credit. And so I'll build credit, and this is a long play fraud. So I'll build credit for a year or two, 
until I have a nice credit profile so I can get a lot of money in a consumer loan. And when you say build credit, you're going to actually go out and buy something or you you get a credit card, go out and buy something, I, pay I the can bill go off. Get, there's a host of ways to do it. There's, there's a number of credit building services on the internet where you can get a credit builder loan or you can go use a secured card. I will just do a, a number of items to just build this credit profile and start slow and then it sort of snowballs and gets bigger. I was going to ask you, how come I can't just make up a social security number? Why do I have to have a real one? Well, you can. You can make up a social security number, uh, but certain screens will find that that's just a, a number that's not been issued. I really want a number that's been issued. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt you. What were you going to say? Oh, so, so I want to just build this. I'll build this credit profile over time. And, uh, and then once it's large enough, I'll go do what's called busting out, which is I will go apply for a number of consumer loans uh, and get the maximum amount of credit I can. And I will do it to multiple services uh, pretty much simultaneously. And then I will just disappear. I, and it's, when I say I will disappear, it's like the identity will disappear. And there's nobody there to go for the banks to pursue or sue or collect from. And I, I, you know, I the synthetic identity, will waltz off with uh, you know, thousands of dollars. Uh, I, I won't get this stat right, but there's some ring that did like 30,000 of these synthetic identities and, and made like hundreds of millions of dollars in, in, in fraudulent gains. I, I suddenly find myself wondering why I'm working for a living. <laughs> I'm also sitting here thinking like, are we telling people how to, how to do this? Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I know exactly how to manufacture a synthetic identity because we, we work to prevent them. So how would a parent go about, you know, how do you, uh, you, know, you have your, your child's born, you, you, you apply for a social security number. Can the parent put them into the credit system to keep that from happening? Yeah. So unfortunately the, the system, you can do it. It's, it's sort of an arduous process, right? And so the way that you would do that uh, would be through a credit freeze. Um, and so there, there's a difference between a freeze and a lock. And I can talk more about that if you'd like, but, but for a minor, you'd want to do a credit freeze. Unfortunately, this process is mail-based and paper-based, and you have to do it uh, for each individual credit bureau, and each individual credit bureau has different requirements. I didn't know that. I thought once you froze your credit at one bureau, it was frozen at all three. Not for minors. Oh, not for minors. Why, yeah. why would that be different? Each, each of them has a different requirement. Oh, because so it, it's they're a special law. thing for minors. I, I saw that when I was doing research for the show for, on um, Equifax, I think. it's Because there's a special form you have to use for minors specifically to freeze that, That's exactly right. So you, you, by law, uh, they have to put the freeze in place. I think it's within 24 hours, but, uh, and it's free. Uh, but, but you do have to go research the process, and it involves making copies and putting them in the mail. Which, ironically, putting something all that information in the mail is one of the most insecure ways that you could send it because uh, it people don't think about it these days with all the cybercrime. But mail fraud is actually one of the largest forms of fraud. And here you are going to mail in all of the information about your child uh, to a credit bureau. Well, it's interesting. When, you know, before we get too far into solutions, I want to ask you one more thing about a problem. What does this look like when somebody steals my newborn social security number and I don't know about it or they don't know about it until they're 18 years old and apply for their first credit card? What, what, what's happening to their credit? Stacy? this is the, you know, probably, I was going to say million dollar question, but it's probably the billion dollar question. We don't know what, how much of this fraud there really is. Uh, there's estimates of millions of identities of, of children compromised to tens of millions. Uh, because these kids will start turning 18 in six years. 
And so most of this fraud is undetected at this point. But there have been some studies where they, they take a sample and uh, when they do the samples, it's anywhere from like 2 to 10% of the identities have been uh, compromised. It doesn't look like anything to you as a parent unless you are actually doing something about it because you're, un you're blissfully unaware and so is your child until they show up at 18 and they want to get their first car loan or apartment and they owe somebody hundreds of thousands of dollars and then they have to prove to the credit bureau that they are actually the real owner of the social security number, not the social security number that's been on the credit system for years. And I can imagine they're jumping through multiple hoops and horrible pain in the butt. Well, let, let me tell you just how bad this problem is because uh, we can look at the foster children. So foster children are specifically targeted for this because their information is just unfortunately easier to obtain because it's in so many places. And so it's so bad for foster children that uh, the federal government passed a law in, in, I think, 2011 that requires state agencies to provide the foster children with a credit report when they turn 16 so they can actually clean up their credit before they turn 18. Because if you start the process when you're a minor, you can say, look, I'm a minor. I can't possibly have entered into any contracts, and therefore these are all illegitimate. But if you show up as an adult, uh, then the argument is much more difficult uh, because you could have credit in your name. So uh, for fosters, they, they actually have this process where they have provided 16, 17. Uh, so that they, they get, the theory here is that they get the credit cleaned up before they turn 18. But if you don't realize until you turn 18, uh, you, you face this problem as a young adult. And, and as you know, transitioning from, from childhood to adulthood these days is already difficult enough. And to show up and find that your credit profile has been compromised and you can't get credit, uh, it, it just snowball on top of that. Yeah, I, I'm, and I'm imagining, and Miranda, I'm sure you could speak to this. I'm imagining if that happens to your 17-year-old or your 18-year-old, they're not going to be the one cleaning it up. You're going to be helping them. Exactly. <laughs> That, that's exactly right, because, you know, this only really happens to you however many times you have a kid. So, like, if you have one kid, this will happen to you one time in your life. So the average family spends uh, anywhere from the, the average amount of time spent by a family is 12 hours and, and over $1,000 to try to figure out how to clean up their kid's identity. As a parent, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so this problem started, you know, 12 years ago, and it's been 12 years in the making uh, with these types of Social Security numbers. Uh, you've got a multi-million dollar credit system and I've got the Social Security Bureau, why aren't they communicating with each other to, to fix this? I'm not a politician. I don't know. They, they don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, well, you know, I can remember when you couldn't even get a credit report. I mean, you couldn't even get a credit score. I'm sorry. Uh, and then, uh, that's how old I am. They, you, you couldn't literally not get your credit score at all. And then, and then for a long period of time, you had to pay for your credit score. And you still theoretically do, I guess, but so many people are giving away now. It doesn't really matter that much. But the, the credit bureaus, they, they make it, and I don't mean to run them down. No, let me take that back. I totally mean to run them down. I was like, you 100% mean to run them down. <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, because what they do is they make, they want to make sure that if you can fog a mirror, you can borrow money. That's what the banks want, right? And so and so these, these credit bureaus are, are really good at, um, making people jump through hoops and buying stuff and, and making their credit really easy to access, but not do not so much in trying to keep people's identities from being stolen. That's That's been my experience as a consumer reporter for 30 years. Do, do you agree with that, Eric? Well, you're putting me on the spot as someone who has close relationships with all the credit bureaus. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, well, I, that, that said, Stacey, I would, I would uh, d agree generally with you. 
And and I will share that uh, you know we're we're not your average bank here, and that we are actually working on some very special stuff with some of the credit bureaus uh, to address these exact problems that you have identified, and make them really simple for consumers. Cool. And you know what? This is a good time for us to take a break. And then when we come back, though, I want you to talk to us about things we can do to keep this from happening, other than not having children, which is what I've chosen to do. <laughs> but uh, there, there must be some solutions. We're going to explore those right on the other side of this break. Be right back. Okay, we are back. Oh, before we start, though, uh, if you guys appreciate what we do out there, listeners, do something for us. Share our show with your friends and family on your favorite social media platforms and subscribe to our podcast. It takes you two seconds, but it really helps us. Okay, that's enough for my little my little self-promotional uh, thing there. Let's get back to our topic. So we know we've identified a problem. Kids' identities are being ripped off. People are running up. Oh, let me ask you one thing before we get into the solutions. Do people get caught? How do you get caught doing this? Well, the issue is uh, you, you catch somebody, but you catch somebody who doesn't exist. And that's what I mean. I mean, do people actually go to jail for this? Because it sounds like it'd be hard to catch them. You know, I am not aware of anybody who's gone to jail for it. Because I, I, I imagine that most of these are like sophisticated businesses. Pe- people think hackers are, you know, somebody sitting in a dark hoodie in a, in a you know, in a dark room uh, by themselves. But but most of the uh, financial crimes are really sophisticated companies that operate in foreign jurisdictions. And, and they're, they're actually like a for-profit business with employees. Uh, if, you've, if you've ever watched some of the YouTube videos of uh, the, the people who try to uh, do elder financial crimes, uh, the, the people are really despicable, uh, but they're, they're employees and, and they're running a business trying to defraud you. Uh, and, and in this case, uh, elder financial abuse, they're trying to defraud the elder. In this case, they're trying to defraud the uh, financial institution. Actually, there is a, uh, there's a YouTube uh, guy who, uh, who's a hacker, and he actually finds these companies in foreign countries, and he calls them up, he gets video of them in the whole nine yards, he puts them through the ringer. He's actually quite popular on YouTube doing it. Yeah, I've watched him several times. He's really fun to watch uh, when, when he, he hacks their closed-circuit TV and, and watches yeah. them and, and then manipulates them back. It's really yeah. fun. That that is cool. Yeah, one one of the saddest stories I ever did. And I'm sorry to digress here, uh, but I I did uh, TV news for 30 years. I've done thousands, literally, of stories for personal finance. And one of the saddest stories I ever did in my life. I went to a woman's house who was probably 80, uh, and she had been getting consistently ripped off by a Jamaican crime platform. I mean, you know, that the her phone rang while we were there shooting a story with the postal service inspector. Her phone rang 35 times. And this little old lady, she was cognizant enough to live on her own. But, you know, she was like, hey, you want some cookies? You know, like that. I mean, literally like the epitome of a little old lady. And she had she had no idea. She'd been taken for every single thing she had, including taking a mortgage on her house. And she was still answering the phone with me and the police standing right there telling her that these people were trying to rip her off. She could not get it through her head. And, it would, you know, I, and I, I got on the phone with the guy. And I said, you know what? There's a special place in hell for you. How can you do this to somebody like this? And, you know, they just don't give a damn. They just don't care. They Stacey, just hang they up just and call d- back. Stacy, they just don't care. And I'll tell you a scary thing uh, to go off topic just to hear more is that these days you can actually sample uh, a voice and use AI to generate a conversation with the elderly. And this has already happened where... Uh, you can call in and you can be, you know, the grandson calling the grandparent and it'll sound just like the grandson and say, hey, I'm stuck. I need, you know, $2,000 because I need, I, I can't, you know, whatever, get get uh, from here to there. And and there have already been seniors defrauded using AI voice uh, manipulation. 
what are we going to do about this, Eric? I mean, geez, this is horrible. And, and you know, I, was, I was describing something that happened 15 years ago. And now it's like, it's just so much easier to steal from people using AI. What, what's the solution for this stuff? Well, Stacy, that'll be for another episode because I'm working on something for that too. Uh, the, the, like the uh, the crime of financial account takeover and these fraud schemes uh, uh, are just getting more sophisticated, and and the average consumer just doesn't stand a chance because because as I said, these these are large corporate entities that are operating against them, uh, and so the, we got we got to do something about it, and and I intend to do something about it. Good. Well, in the meantime, let's circle back to our topic today. Let's talk about how we can protect our kids. What 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 exactly should we be doing? You you mentioned a credit freeze earlier. Um, is that is that the solution? So the, so the very first thing you should do is is to uh, do a credit freeze, right? It, it it's a pain in the butt. It's a hassle, but you should go do it. Well, explain uh, what that a, is for people who don't know. So credit freeze uh, will be where th- there's. Let me take one step back and explain uh, what you what is what is kept on record for you at the credit bureau. So there's a thing called your credit header file, which is just a credit file uh, profile. It, it says who you are, your your important information, your social security number, birth, date of birth, and all that. And then your credit report is all the information underneath that. Like, did you borrow some money? Do you have collections? Is there bankruptcy? Things like that. And so, what a credit freeze does is is this child, this newborn, doesn't have a credit header file. At the uh, at the credit bureau, and so what you're going to do is you're going to you're going to beat the synthetic identity thief or fraudster to creating a credit header file for the social security number of your kid. So your kid is born, you get their social security number, and then you go through this manual paper based process and you freeze their credit profile. And what happens is the bureaus will create a credit header file with all the correct information uh, for that social security number, and then they will freeze it because. Uh, credit bureaus don't accept uh, credit reporting information for people under 18, uh, and, and and they don't create uh, credit scores for people uh, under 18. So when you freeze it, it'll establish that this is who this person is. So when the synthetic identity thief steals your kid's identity seven years later and shows up, the bureau is going to say, well, wait a second. No, this already exists, and it'll be the synthetic identity thief's problem to try to prove that it's theirs, and they will simply move on to the next victim. Well, this sounds like a good solution, and and I, I've never had a kid, but I can imagine that when you have a kid, you don't have anything to do anyway. You might as well just fill out some paperwork, right? <laughs> well, as parents of small children, I can tell you, yeah, I have nothing else going on. It's very easy, very easy. Well, and I can tell you that one of the things that I used to do, so my son is old enough that it was before the random social security number situation, but uh, I I used to periodically just check with annual credit report. And if there's nothing to report, then the number doesn't come up. <laughs> like you, you put in, you put in the, you put in the social security number, nothing comes up. And you know now he has uh, two credit cards that he pays off every month, and he has better credit than I do. <laughs> so well, I, I can imagine. Yeah, you know, that that sounds like you, Miranda. I know you very well, and you and you sound you you are not only a consumer reporter, you're an anal consumer reporter. So I'm sure that's <laughs> something you would do. But but I imagine most parents, w- it wouldn't even enter their minds to check their kids. They probably forgot the kid even has a social security number, you know, much less Great. check it every year. <laughs> so, so I was going to say, Miranda, yeah, that's exactly the next step that you do is, is um, so, so once you've frozen their credit uh, profile at three bureaus, you really want to have a credit monitoring solution for minors. And, and the reason why I say this as solution, uh, identity monitoring, and, and it's not just credit. 
because only part of identity fraud against minors is credit-based, right? There, there's actually a host of other uh, frauds that they will use this identity for. Uh, so employment schemes, uh, tax IRS tax return schemes, claiming you're dependent on their tax return, uh, and then benefit schemes. And so you really need identity theft protection uh, that would include monitoring the credit, uh, the credit bureaus, right, to see that nobody else is, is, has established uh, credit for, for your kid's identity. But then also you want to look at uh, social security number uh, monitoring, and then especially dark web monitoring. Uh, social security number monitoring will let you know, is anybody else using this social security number for, for some other means, right? So has somebody applied for benefits with this? It's not perfect because uh, it's, it's not, uh, you don't get 100% of the, the, the potential uses of a social security number, but, but it's, it's beneficial to see if somebody is using it. And then the dark web monitoring is really the more important part because through the dark web monitoring, you can find out, uh, your dark web monitoring should come back, as Miranda said, like empty every time for a minor. It should just keep coming back empty. Now, if at some point uh, the hospital or your kid's school, which we can go talk about uh, how, how uh, identity thieves are now targeting schools because they're a centralized uh, repository for all this kid's information. Uh, if you really want to talk about how getting evil uh, the, these uh, these uh, perpetrators are, but uh, if, if if at any point your kid's information has been compromised, uh, it'll be taken and put on the dark web uh, for sale, and these these identity theft and synthetic identity theft rings will assemble identities so they can go out there and they'll find you know social security numbers and addresses and this and that, and and uh, there are dark web monitoring services that will let you know is your kid's social security number for sale? So you won't know where it was compromised, but you'll know it's compromised because that report should always come back null unless it's been compromised. You have to, if you do identity monitoring, you have to pay for that, right? That's true today. So I, I have some shameless uh, self-promotion, but I'll hold off on that for now. No, so yeah, do you, you're, you're do you right. have a free solution for that? What's that? You have a free solution for that? I have a free solution uh, coming in August for that, for families. This is such a bad problem. I went out and I, I looked at this problem and I have, this is my family. And I'm like, why should anybody have to pay, you know, 30 bucks a month to 60 bucks a month? So 300 to, you know, 600 bucks a year. Yeah, for 18 to years. To protect your family. Yeah, yeah for 18 years. That, that's a massive annuity. You know, Stacey, you can do the uh, the net present value on that discounted <laughs> cash flow. Now, I, I could have back when I when I was an actual CPA who used a pencil and a calculator. I could have, yeah, but it, it's thousands of dollars. And so, like, why should why should anybody have to pay this just to protect their family? And so, yeah. So my bank's been working on something special, and we're going to reveal that in in August. And it's basically uh, many families have a savings account for their kid, and if you put that uh, that savings into this special account that we have, uh, we will protect your entire family's identity. Uh, for free, and we're going to build your miner's credit uh, in a much better manner than the typical authorized user manner that's used today. And that's coming out in August, and we're really excited about it. Cool. Well, since we have an advertising relationship, of which I was unaware, maybe we'll be advertising that for you. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> so, and maybe we can talk about that when it comes out. But in the meantime, so we can we could do a freeze, with, which requires some paperwork. Um, we can do identity monitoring, and there are there are free services. I mean, I don't I don't know about you guys, but since my identity has been compromised several times, I'm always I'm on somebody's list to get free monitoring services. Uh, so maybe you can find that stuff for free until Eric's thing comes out. Um, and and then is that about all we can do to to prevent the identity theft? 
Yeah, that's really the 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 the, the caveat on that is those free services are typically for adults, so there's really not much else you can do other than pay, you know, for the next couple of months to to monitor your your kids. And then the the final one is uh, uh, don't talk about the specifics of your kids on social media. Uh, parents love to sh- overshare about their children. Uh, you know, hey, you know, uh, whether it's whether it's a birth announcement, um, you know, on the date of the birth. Uh, uh, or, or these other things, um, don't overshare, uh, about yourself or, or your, uh, your kids on social media. I can't imagine a scenario where a parent is not going to put something on social media about the, their newborn. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, that's literally the, that'd be the first thing they would do. I would think. That's right. And that's inviting somebody to try to figure out what the, what your kid's social security number is, huh? That's right. They, 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 they have uh, programs that just scrape social media for this. No, you want to post so, the social security number right alongside your baby's picture so that you lock it in that this this belongs to this person. You know, d- just get age. the fraud out of the way just at the start. Yeah. Just, yeah. just get it in so you know that it's already been defrauded. Wait, like wait, a copyright. No, what about this idea? What about you stealing your kid's social security number and running out of all <laughs> kinds of bills? Stacey, <laughs> so you, so you joke, but I think it's like 10 or 20% of child uh, identity fraud is actually perpetrated by a family member. Well, yeah, that's sad. Now, before we run out of time, and we actually are, I know I know Miranda wanted to talk to you about building credit for your kids. Is that something you should, so we're going to change topics entirely. Is that something you yeah. should do is, is build, try to build credit for your kids? When, when I was in, okay, I didn't have credit until I was 21, not 18. They weren't giving credit cards to, to people back in the dinosaur days uh, in college when, when I was in college. They just didn't do it. You know why? Because you had no income. So who's going to give you a credit card? You know, now, now that's all changed. So there, I didn't even, we didn't even think about trying to build credit until we actually could make some. But is there something you could do to help your kid build credit as you, as they go through life? Yeah, there, there's there's really been only one uh, solution historically, and it, and it has a host of drawbacks. And that's just adding your kid as an authorized user to your credit card. Um, and, and depending on how much time we have left, I, I could, you know, dive into too much detail on that. But, but basically, uh, you're not really building your kid's credit using an authorized user approach, they're piggybacking on yours. And the day you remove them as an authorized user, they will lose all that credit history. I, I, I have a friend who's, whose nephew was uh, an authorized user from his dad. And the day that his dad removed him as an authorized user, his credit score dropped 50 points. So there, there, there is a new solution coming in August that uh, actually builds the kid's individual credit profile separate from the parents. And that it, it's a, uh, and to keep, the kid keeps the, the credit for, for a lifetime. It doesn't drop off ever. Is that the same thing? You were, is that the free kick? It's freekick.bank. It, it's it's all in one. It's it is uh, identity theft protection for the family and credit building for children aged uh, fourteen to twenty five. Geez, Eric, can you stop promoting yourself for five seconds? <laughs> <laughs> now this sounds like good stuff, though. It sounds like good tools. We will have we'll have you back, Eric, and we'll talk about AI. But in the meantime, folks, we are out of time. But you know what? We're never out of topic. Dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquette, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And of course, you want to visit Eric at his website, CreditStrong, CreditStrong.com. All the stuff's going to be in our show notes too. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And as I mentioned at our break, if you like what we do, do something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. Eric, 
Thank you so much for being here. You are a wonderful guest. Thank you so much for having me, Stacey. You betcha. I'm Stacey Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. I'm Aaron Freeman. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. We're going to be right here. We're going to see you next time.